Blog Talk Radio. Playing Sports City Chefs from Amazon Music. I got you. Can you hear me? I can hear you just fine. Yeah, man. We got a lot going on in the uh, in the baseball world. The Braves' uh, offense has finally broke its anemic twenty-inning uh, scoreless streak, but lots going on in the baseball world. So, I got you, Nate. And did Dave get in with us at all? He said he was thinking about it. I think Dave is going to be on in a little bit. He's uh... He and, he and I both, I think, are feeling a little under the weather. So we're going to power through and join you, just like Cal Ripken on his classic streaks. All right, that's cool. Yeah, so I, I sent a, a litany of stuff today, so I think we're just going to kind of start and sort of uh, run through a bunch of things, right? Um, <clears throat> I'm going to try to wait for a few minutes on him. I know that he's not having a – that he's got a lot going on today, but I want to talk about – I don't know, some team that he might like a little bit and their hot start. So try to give a few minutes before we uh, we get into that. But really quick, uh, Nate, I guess it's been a couple of weeks <clears throat> since we've uh, been able to line up and do this show for and, and sit down and talk baseball, man. It's always uh, a lot of fun to do this with you guys. And so I guess um, I'll go after, but my first question for you is uh, – one or two things that have happened in baseball, just like in general, over the last uh, couple of weeks, or anything that really is jumping out to you right now that that you find impressive or uh, that that sticks out to you at all? Uh, well, I'll start at home, where you know, go with what you know, and you're going to be able to hit that the best. The Orioles got me all excited last week. They took took the series against the Royals, took two out of three in St. Louis, which I did not see happening. But like everything for all Orioles fans, it really just proved to be a tease because then they go and get swept by Detroit and they're currently down, are they down 4-3 or 5-3 to, they're down 4-3 right now to the Yankees in the top of the six. But 
you know, I'm I'm still pleasantly surprised with how the Orioles have been playing overall in the year. They've got some young guys that are coming up, making their major league debuts. Uh, there's speculation that their top prospect is going to be making his debut here in the next week or so. So a lot of hope on the horizon, at least in terms of, you know, watching for uh, watching for some young guys. And then beyond that, you just have apparently the Mets cannot lose. And, the well, nobody in New York apparently is capable of losing. But like you said, we're going to see if Dave joins us and we can hit on that a little bit. Um, so I just saw – uh, in one of my fantasy leagues, even though I um, even though I drafted JT Realmuto as my catcher, which not a bad pick for a catcher, right? Uh, but even though I drafted him um, <clears throat> late in the draft, I always try to get a young guy that I really like, uh, just in case. You never know if you have injuries or whatever else. If nothing else, maybe some trade bait. So I drafted late in one of my drafts because it's a really deep league. Ali Rutschman. And I saw he had a hit on Friday, and so he's been uh, getting regular bats now in AAA on his way back in rehab, and may have even uh, may have even started the season in the majors if he had not, you know, gotten injured again in the spring and was kind of banged up. So, uh, oh, Ali yeah, Rushman, he, he definitely would have. He was well. I don't want to say definitely because, you know, it is Baltimore and you never can tell 100% what they're going to do. But the expectation was that he was going to battle for the starting job out of the spring and then it was going to be either Robinson Chirinas or Anthony Bemboom fighting for that backup spot, the veteran backup role. But in the, like, second week of spring training or whatever, he hurt his triceps, so they sent him back down to single A, double A just to essentially have an extended spring training against live, live pitchers. <clears throat> Uh, before we go any further, just to go ahead and throw this out there, man, uh, big thanks to our sponsors and our founder, TP, uh, the timeless one. If it wasn't for him, uh, none of us would be here, really, but him, shout out to uh, Sirius uh, and the villain and those guys, uh, Controversy James. We had a really good time uh, the night of the draft. Uh, we we did a, a draft show that covered most of the first round. I think we got about 20-something picks in before um, our time ran out. So shout-out to those guys, man. And also a big shout-out to PHI Apparel. Listen, uh, Bryce Harper in Philly just went into L.A. and had a very good series this past weekend. Uh, Philly's winning two out of three. And honestly, it took a walk-off base hit from Gavin Lux in the bottom of the ninth inning on Sunday for the Dodgers to even get a game in that series. So uh, the Phillies played pretty well. Uh, they're playing well. Bryce Harper is uh, is looking good. Uh, they, they needed a, a bright spot after their basketball team went down. But listen, if you're a true Sixers fan or you're a Phillies fan or a Flyers fan, uh, I don't think they made the playoffs this year, or an Eagles fan, man. The Eagles made a, a lot of uh, cool things. Uh, you know, they traded for A.J. Brown. They had to go get a proven receiver, man, because they can't draft him, and I'm not going too far off the baseball path. A.J. Brown actually was a uh, high school baseball player and was going to play some in college as well. But uh, PHI Apparel uh, makes all the Philly clothes, uh, man, represent your Philly teams. Um, all good quality, uh, very innovative, very stylish, uh, good stuff, man. So if if you're a Philly fan or you know somebody that is, or you know you just want to surprise somebody or whatever, right? Uh, check them out. PHIapparel.co. Use the promo code Chefs at checkout and get 15% off. Uh, thanks to PHI Apparel for sponsoring uh, 
being one of our sponsors, and we definitely appreciate them. So I want to go ahead and shout that out before we get too deep into uh, the baseball discussion. Uh, really quickly, yeah, I mean, Phillies did go in, play well. In L.A., they're getting some pretty good starting pitcher, pitching. And then on the other side of that ledger, uh, the Dodgers, Clayton Kershaw goes down. Uh, he's out for a little while. Julio Urias got knocked around the other day. Um, you know, the depth of this pitching staff is going to be uh, tested throughout this year. So, uh, But the L.A. teams, the New York teams are, are – both playing well. The Dodgers got the first half of a of a doubleheader today from the Diamondbacks. And really quickly before we move off of that, the D-backs, man, have had pretty good starting pitching. And right now, uh, they just dropped one game under 500 with that loss today. But I think that I would I would say Nate that the Arizona Diamondbacks have been more competitive than we would have anticipated them to be in the first month of the year. Yeah, I think there's been a lot of teams that. You know, we expected them to just kind of roll over and be punching bags for the league. And a lot of them are really playing some decent baseball, at least early on here. Uh, you know, we I always talk about the Orioles. They're playing, you know, their loss to New York last night dropped them below 400, but they're hanging right at that 400 mark. Uh, like you said, the Diamondbacks just fell below 500. The Royals. No, I think they're still pretty bad. The Reds are the Reds, which I'm sure we're going to talk about how the Reds found new and amazing ways wow, yeah. as we go along here. Uh, the Pirates, aren't the Pirates like second in the NL Central, which either says a lot about the NL Central or maybe it says that the Pirates aren't really terrible. I'm I'm not ready to say that the Pirates aren't really terrible. I think it says more about the NL Central right now than anything else. Yeah, and I think if you look at that lineup, I mean, obviously, the longer the season goes on, we'll see, um, you know, some people would say that once you get past, and we're not far from this point, though, some people would say once you get past uh, Memorial Day, then you can kind of really start to look and see where teams are, because by then, you've gotten a good bit of it down. I mean, but if you look at it, we're almost to the quarter pole right now. For baseball, which is hard to believe, but we are um, not quite. I think I think the Yankees coming into today, they've got 35 games down, right? So they were 26 and nine. I think starting tonight, it's ridiculous. Yeah. Um, but so they're they're 35 games down. So by the end of this week, we're going to be right at that 40, 41 game mark, and we will be right around that quarter pole of the season, it's kind of hard to believe. It seems like it just sort of started yesterday, right? But we're making some progress. So let's go ahead and go there. You just just mentioned this a second ago. Let's talk about the Cincinnati Reds for a minute. So they start the season with a split in Atlanta. Okay, promising. Nick Senzel turns in some really good efforts in center field during that series. They they hit the ball a little bit, and – and then they proceeded to go two and nineteen, so they were four and twenty three after leaving their first series of the season at two and two. Um, they were starting to kind of turn around and play a little bit better ball in the last week plus, but Sports City, uh, uh, this is stuff that we can't make up. The Cincinnati Reds with their young pitcher Hunter Green, the young fireballer, we've talked about him on the show, 
a couple of times, constantly hits 100 plus miles an hour. He's uh, still hasn't quite pinpointed it yet, which is why he is uh, tied for the league lead in home runs given up by a pitcher, but he still has very, very dominant stuff. But this guy with a reliever managed to give up no hits all game and lose one to nothing. <laughs> no hits. Giving up gi- giving up giving up three walks and then a fielder's choice. So it wasn't even like an error that allowed the runner to score. It was no, they walked the bases loaded and then on a on a ground ball couldn't couldn't get the out at first. They're out at home. Yeah. So I'm gonna give that to you one more again. Just one more time. Cincinnati Reds pitchers, no hit, the Pittsburgh Pirates. And still lost the game. That's when you know that it's just not a good season. Joey Votto is still on the COVID list, and he's not hitting his weight or many people's weight. He's not hitting some children's weights right now. I think Joey Votto's hitting about 122. Uh, so uh, now Tyler Stevenson had a concussion earlier in the season. Um, he's bounced back. He's actually been hitting the ball really well since he got back. Tyler Stevenson is a very good young catcher uh, for Cincinnati. He played a little bit of first sometimes for Votto last year. But he's a very good young catcher. Um, I've heard rave reviews about the way he kind of handles the staff. And that kid's got some pop in his bat. So, um, you know, if you're Cincinnati and you're looking for uh, – if you're looking for things to be excited about um, – Hunter Harvey, the other kid, uh, Hunter Green, the other kid that they just, I think Hunter Harvey was actually a, a, a Oriole at one point. Uh, but Hunter Green, uh, the other young pitcher yeah. they just uh, got, and then you look at Stevenson, and there's some there's some good young talent in that organization, but that's going to be a, a, a very lengthy rebuild. I thought really quickly, Which, Nate, since, go ahead. Yep. Well, I was going to say, like, if, I don't know how you how you can possibly sell that to Reds fans. Like, it's bad enough that the or like the Orioles trying to sell their rebuild to the Orioles fan base, and you know you have people like me that are in on it, and we have another caller that we have a sometimes caller to the show, Art Vandalay. He'll call in and he'll go back and forth with me on whether or not this rebuild should be believed. But if you're Cincinnati, like if you're a Reds fan out there. Your team just went through a long rebuild, and they were in the playoffs like one or two years in the last couple of years, weren't they? Like they actually yeah, they, here in the postseason with Trevor Bauer. They lost to the Braves and, in that postseason. They were a scary matchup though because they were they, they had uh, Luis Castillo was pitching well, and you had him and Bauer and Gray all, all right. in that rotation. So, the, so, so they just finished this rebuild. And it's like right as they seem like they're about to turn the corner and be competitive, now they're saying, "Oh nope, we got to turn it all down and rebuild again." To the point where, like, they're they have just over a two fifty win percentage. That is atrociously bad. Like, so, even, even the worst team of all time wasn't that bad. No, you got to figure they're gonna, uh, re, you know, get some of that back, or at least reel off a few wins. We got another caller. What's going on? How are you doing? Welcome to the baseball buffet. Other caller. I'm waiting for a voice to put with a with a with a name. 
I'm not hearing anything now, so I'm going to proceed until. Yeah. <laughs> try this again. Are they still there? I don't know. So uh, I I thought maybe I'd take a couple minutes and kind of shoot around instead of just going team by team by team, which we can definitely do and talk about um, our teams. But I thought kind of we would uh, kind of breeze over a couple of divisions really quickly. Um, and and just kind of give some of our thoughts. We we've already mentioned the Pirates and the and the Reds. Uh, I, you know, I think to me by the end of the year, you're still going to have a two team race in the NL Central with the Brewers and the Cardinals. The question is, um, can the Brewers hit enough? Because that pitching is pretty good. Um, and then. What do the Cardinals get as far as depth in that rotation? Miles Michaelis has has been a nice comeback story this year. Adam Wainwright is still getting people out um, with with junk nowadays, like, but he still can pitch and get it done. So uh, you know they're they're trying Jordan Hicks and they're, they're can they get Flaherty back? I don't know. Um, and the other thing with St. Louis is can they get those corner outfielders going? Uh, both Dylan Carlson and Tyler O'Neill have both really struggled um, early on this season. So, you know, what can we get going there? We'll see. I feel like that's a two-team race, though. I expect the Cubs to find a way to finish third, and then you're going to have the uh, the battle for the seller uh, between Pittsburgh and Cincinnati. But Cincinnati hasn't shown me that they can, they can climb out of there yet. But I think that's still kind of what's going on um, in the Central. Cool story to see uh, – to see Pujols actually finish, they 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 attacked Rodon early the other night, and Pujols actually pitched uh, for the first time in his major league career just to get him out of the uh, out of the game. So that was kind of a fun thing to see. Um, and listen, if you're not catching some of the Sunday night games, listening to Harrison Bader uh, mic'd up on Sunday night was kind of fun. Um, so there's sort of some cool things going on there. Uh, and I guess the other thing I really want to say before we uh, we move away from those guys, or I ask for your thoughts on that division so far, uh, Nate, with Milwaukee. Brandon Woodruff has kind of been up and down, kind of a yo-yo so far this year. And it looks like Christian Yellick has awakened again and uh, looks to be playing some pretty good baseball right now. Do you have any other thoughts on the NL Central that you want to chip in at all? The only thing that comes to my mind is, you know, you, you mentioned how the Reds – you expect them, they they have to turn around at some point, right? Because what's the old adage? You win a third of your games, you lose a third of your games, and whether or not... And it's the other third that matters, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Well, right now the Reds are not even winning a third of their games, but the cure for what seems to ail the Reds at any given time is always going to be the Pittsburgh Pirates. Even though they managed to lose the no-hitter 1-0 to the Pirates, if you look back over that series for as bad as the Reds were and the Pirates were playing some okay baseball coming in. I mean, they had, but there was a game where they lost like what? 29, nothing or what? 29, 21, nothing. Yeah. Yeah. 21. That's right. Yeah. 21, nothing. So, but then the Pirates come up against the Reds and they promptly lose the first like two or three games of the series before winning their, (laughs) winning their punches game. It's like, for some reason, there is something about the Cincinnati Reds that the Pirates just cannot beat the Cincinnati Reds. The last, I, 
obviously they've beaten them in one-off situations, but like the only time that I thinking back, the only time where I can think with any confidence that the Pirates were the beat the Reds when they should have beaten the Reds was probably the one game wild card playoff where Joey where uh, Johnny Cueto dropped the ball on the mound in, right. in Pittsburgh. That's the last major time I can remember the Pirates actually beating Cincinnati. Well, and if you if you look at if if you look at this, it's like you said that that's the one thing that has kind of uh, uh, been the the sort of healing or the elixir, if you will, uh, for the Cincinnati Reds is playing the Pirates, and the only game the Pirates won, like we said, they were still no hit. So uh, it's not like you have a lot to go home and brag about <laughs> at the end of the day. And then uh, the Pirates yesterday. Uh, after winning off of a no-hitter, then go to Chicago and just get absolutely blasted. Uh, The Cubs got eight runs in the first inning. Wilson Contreras uh, led off the the game with a double. Uh, He's one of only two catchers that you'll ever see in the leadoff position in the major leagues. And then he comes back up. He's the tenth man to batting the inning with the bases loaded. And he hits a grand slam, his 100th career home run, ends up being a grand slam to make it an eight to nothing ball game, and they won nine to nothing. So there's only one more run. Scored the rest of the game. Moral of the story: If you watched the first inning yesterday, you saw everything you needed to see. Uh, but so you know, Pirates kind of revert to their own ways, and I think they're going to slide back. Like if you look at that lineup, Cabrian Hayes is solid uh, when he can be healthy. Brian Reynolds is pretty solid. Um, other than that, man, it's just a mismatch of spare parts. Uh, that just, you know, it, and the pitching's not that great either. There's just, there's not that, uh, the future's not very bright uh, right now in Pittsburgh for sure. Let's let's go yeah, out I, west. I would, uh, yeah, yeah, right. let's go west. No, let's go let's out go west. west. I, I, I mentioned the Diamondbacks uh, having some pretty good pitching to start the season. Listen, they just got Josh Rojas back, too. And Josh Rojas is, is quietly a very good player. Right now he's playing every day at third base for them. He played a little second short outfield for him last year. Uh, but he just came back. He's a pretty good little player for them. I, I still expect that to be a last-place team. Uh, the Giants are starting to get healthy again, and they're playing all right. Uh, but they're kind of reverting to the mean a little bit. They've kind of been banged up, so... Uh, I'm still not sure that we know what that finished product is for the Giants, the San Diego Padres. Man, Manny Machado's uh, hitting the ball well. Uh, Sean Manaya has had some really good outings. Uh, the San Diego Padres are clearly right now the second-best team in that division, and some of us predicted that coming into this season. Um, so they're doing a good job hanging in there. Uh, the Rockies are just kind of uh, the Rockies. A uh, uh, few solid pitching performances here and there, but – but not there. And then, I mean, the Dodgers are, uh, I think they're 26-13 and 13 after that win today. So, uh, you know, they've won twice as many as they've lost. So, uh, clearly on that pace to win, what, what, I mean, I'm not saying they will, but as of right now, early on, 39 games in or whatever, they're on a pace to win, to win 108. Not saying they will, but... Uh, still a pretty decent clip for that team right now. And and they really haven't gotten a lot of those guys really going yet. So we'll see what happens with with the Dodgers. It's them and everybody else. And I still I haven't seen anything yet to convince me that 
the Padres aren't going to find a way to finish second in that division. But that's me. What do you think about the you NL know, West so far? And don't let the Giants hang around. I think I think the Dodgers and the Padres might have missed their opportunity to to put a little space there. I I get it. It's early, like you said. We've not yet hit the quarter pole, but the Giants being just two games back, and they were, you know, they're playing good baseball. They're not playing great baseball, and they are, you know, once again, it's a roster that's just kind of somehow it's holding together, but nobody really can explain why that roster is good. Do not let the if if you're the Dodgers and the Padres, do not let the Giants hang around. If they have an opportunity to bury the Giants at any point in the season. They need to take Step on their neck. You, yeah, if you, <laughs> if you get into August and the Giants are still within two, three games, I think they're going to win that division. I still think the Giants can win that division. I, they, that, they won it last year. They won it last year with the similar tactic. They, just, they have some magic voodoo formula, and it is an even-numbered year. I'll point that out, too. I think that still is a thing for them somehow, so you can't let the Giants hang around. No, and it's interesting because it, it almost doesn't matter who's on that roster. Um, they've done a good job with um, helping fix pitchers. You know, we, talk, we talked about Kevin Go- Gossman. We talked about uh, other guys, even Johnny Cueto, who really kind of had some bounce back, vintage Johnny Cueto performances out there. Um, that's a uh, that's a solid team. And listen, uh, Gabe Kapler, well, you know, he had uh, some tough times for a little while in Philly, very, very scrutinized. But Gabe Kapler has always been a a very smart, very heady uh, baseball player and a baseball mind. And so I think he's really found his niche out there in San Francisco as far as the right team, the right organization, the right fit for him as a manager. Uh, His players love him and respect him, and they play hard for him. And so after the way his tenure sort of uh, ended in Philly, I'm I'm glad to see a guy like that, a guy who made it into the majors, was never a star, but always kind of a glue guy and, and... you know, sort of a lunch pail type player who always brought it um, every day and gave you what he had, right? Um, so yeah. to see him having success as a manager is nice to see. Uh, listen, well, he's not—he's not the first person to be chewed up and spit out by the uh, by the Philadelphia faithful. Um, no, no, he is not. Hey, while right. we're uh, while we're on the Giants, just a quick update, and you know, this kind of ties into what we're talking about with, uh, you know, how they keep, you know, they just keep hanging around and waiting for the guys to come back. Mike Yastrzemski just hit a double to extend the Giants' lead. They are now up 4-1 to one in their game this evening. Uh, but that's a guy who I believe he was – was he out on the COVID list or was he hurt? Because he, he had um, some time there where the, where the Giants kind of went through a little bit of a, of a down stretch. Yeah, he's not the only one either. They had a few guys out for a little while. I think Brandon Crawford might have missed a little bit of time. Um, so there there were a few of those guys uh, uh, banged up and out. So yeah, and Baby Diaz, he's he's another he's another one that just you know he hung around. He was a he was a long time Oriole farmhand. They just didn't have a spot for him. There was not 
there wasn't really a clear path for him to the majors in Baltimore, which is astounding to say now when you look at how well he's been playing for San Francisco the last several years and being the key guy that he is out there. But now he finds his way out to San Francisco and good on him. He's, ha- he's having a nice career. It's just I, I, it's a little annoying to see the farmhands get away like that. He's one of those guys, too, that like, you know, some people wondered, is it just on his name or whatever, being Carl Yastrzemski's uh, grandson and all this. He had a nice career at Vanderbilt. Uh, you know, Vanderbilt has become a serious powerhouse in college baseball. Uh, they may be having a little bit of a down season this year, but um, sorry, my my S I R I on my phone thought that I was trying to uh, make it do something, which is not the case. Uh, but he had a uh, he had a nice career at Vanderbilt, and he's one of those guys that was always uh, you know considered a smart baseball player and, and always really understood the game. How do you not when it's in your lineage like that? So. Uh, to see him able to continue to mature and have a, a really good career. I think Brandon Belt and Brandon Crawford were both out for a little bit of time. Uh, Tommy LaStella was out for a bit. I think Evan Longoria had to miss a little bit of time. So there were a lot of regulars in that lineup that were missing. And listen, the, the Giants are very much a blue-collar, just scrappy type of team. That You're right. You can't let him hang around. Carlos Rodon had his first bad outing of the year on Sunday Night Baseball. That happens to a lot of pitchers, you know, occasionally. But uh, he he has had filthy stuff for most of this year. And another guy that missed a couple starts was Alex Cobb, but he's a guy. I think he spent a little bit of time in Baltimore, too, came up with Tampa. Uh, but Alex Cobb is another guy that is really kind of uh, – enjoying the reclamation in San Francisco. So, I mean, obviously those three teams are the ones that are all going to contend for that crown and or a playoff spot. Um, I think that, you know, one of the things that we talked about coming into the year was that Bob Melvin would make a big difference on that San Diego bench. And even though he's been out for a little while because of a prostate thing, um, you've had Ryan Christensen, his – sort of a bench coach and sort of lieutenant for the last few years, kind of holding it down for them. And, you know, that San Diego Diego bench or ship, whatever you want to call it, is in pretty good hands with uh, Bob Melvin and his his staff. So uh, I feel like they're all on on a better page. Uh, They've had to kind of scramble to fill shortstop. But Haseon Kim, man, um, was – Kind of picked up to play possibly second base next to Tatis a couple of years ago. Um, he's really come around with the bat this year and hit the ball pretty well. You know, when C.J. Abrams struggled, he had to go, kind of go back down. So Haseon Kim has uh, settled in, played pretty good at shortstop, and Jake Cronenworth is starting to heat up a little bit. And they still haven't gotten their best hitter back, right? So uh, San Diego's hanging around, and and I feel like um, I feel like they're going to be there. Anything else you got? Anything else you got out west in the National uh, League? I mean, we just can't let's, – let's not brush over. You did mention the Manny Machado's hitting the ball well, but I think we're underselling him a little bit there. He's having an MVP caliber season he, he as, really we, is. as we start out here. <laughs> I'm just glad he's not playing the Braves anymore. Manny Machado has, been, has killed the Braves his whole career. It doesn't matter where he is or what team he's on. He is absolutely 
murdered Atlanta. Even the one year he went to the Dodgers, the, you know, at the trade deadline or whatever. Like Manny Machado has always been, I, I don't know, he's always murdered Atlanta. But, he, yeah, he's been very, very, very good this year. I'm, I always try and forget that trade because we wait. the Orioles waited entirely too long to pull the trigger on that. And I'm trying to think, do we – trying to think if we even have anybody left from that trade to make their debut. I think Dean, Dean Kramer might be the one guy. Dean Kramer and Yasmiel Diaz, who are, you know, Kramer came up for a cup of coffee, was bad. Diaz, apparently his hamstrings are made of tissue paper. He can't stay healthy, but, you know, maybe one of those two guys will eventually get back to the majors and we'll get something out of that trade. But, man, did they wait too long to, to pull that trigger. Really interesting um... – just because they sort of uh, talked about it again this week. The Braves had just played San Diego, and then they, they're playing Milwaukee now, and Jace Peterson uh, played third base last night. Uh, he's not tonight mm. because of the lefty on the mound. But Jace Peterson played uh, third base last night. And Jace Peterson was one of the four players, including Max Freed, who came over to Atlanta in the Justin Upton deal. Uh, when Atlanta started offloading pieces, and they sent Justin Upton to San Diego. And Max Fried, I think, has really proven to be worth it. It just took a little while. You, I mean, they preached patience at the time, and so he, he has proven to be worth it. So let's go to I the American League. I think you guys won that one. Yeah, I think so, too. Let's, um, let's go to the American League West really quickly. We talked about Wilson Contreras hitting his 100th home run. We have another man who hit his 100th home run this week and is now the third Japanese-born player to have 100 home runs. Uh, do you know who the other two are, Nate? The Gekki Matsui and Ichiro Suzuki. That is correct. So 100 home runs. <laughs> 100 home runs for uh, Shohei Otani. Ichiro, I was surprised. I think he only had like 114 or 112. Um, it, it doesn't hugely surprise me because he was very much just kind of an average hitter and a, you know, uh, 200 hits a year. Like you could count on Ichiro getting 200 base hits every season. Um, so, it, and I think Hideki Matsui, I want to say, had like 173 or 179 home runs. So I feel like if Shohei can stay healthy even two or three more years, he should become uh, the Japanese leader, major league leader in home runs, I think, or have the most home runs for any Japanese-born player. Um, And then what he's doing on the mound, too. Listen, the Angels are still finding a way to get it done. Anthony Rendon appears to be healthy and playing well. Uh, Mike Trout's been around most of the year so far. Uh, you look at uh, Tyler Ward is really playing well. Uh, this Angels team, uh, we talked about the no-hitter last uh, – we had the no-hitter last week from the kid Detmer and just his, like, 11th career start or something. So uh, this Angels team is hanging around, right, Nate? We talked about how good it would be for baseball if we can have uh, Mike Trout and Shohei on that postseason stage. Well, they're doing their part so far, huh? Yeah, it's really just going to be the question of do they have enough pitching to get – to get across it. I mean, that that Detmer no-hitter, that was absolutely fantastic last week. Uh, but, I mean, you look at it, and you almost wonder, was 
I, I wanted to pose this question to you and Dave, and I guess this would be as good a place as any to do it. Who had the more dominant start last Tuesday? Reed Detmer and his no-hitter for the Angels or Kyle Bradish making his Major League debut for the Orioles against the St. Louis Cardinals? Well, that's review the lines. <laughs> so, uh, let me pull up the Orioles line here real quick. I'm sure you can jump on the Reed Detmer line. But the reason why I bring it up is because it, it sticks in my mind. I don't think Detmer struck anybody out during his, uh, his no-hitter. No, he didn't. And he, he he was very economical with his pitches. I guess that I would say that I I don't know that I would call that a a quote unquote dominant start, uh, but it was definitely a shutdown performance, right? Like it was a um, right. he was very efficient with his pitches, and and I, you know I think that that goes back to sometimes there's more than one way to to be dominant or get it done. You don't have to. You don't. If, if you can locate, you can hit your spots and change speeds effectively, and it doesn't hurt that you're left-handed. Um, then, you know, you can really, uh, you can really put a team in in knots, right? And you can, you can shut a team down. But it's what do you have from Kyle Bradish? So Kyle Bradish's start against St. Louis in his major league debut: seven innings pitch, four hits. Two earned runs. Both of them came on a home run. No, that might be incorrect. Don't quote me on the – two earned runs, 11 strikeouts, and one home run. That one home run was actually an inside-the-park home run, the first time that an inside-the-park home run has been hit by a Cardinal in St. Louis since, like, the 1930s, I think, was the the factoid that I saw. (laughs) Wow. but yeah, I mean, that came up major league debut, and he was just absolutely dealing. But with with Detmers, the reason why it jumps out to me that he didn't strike anybody out is because of who he did it against. The the Tampa Bay Rays, were as good as they are, they strike out kind of a, a lot. lot. Like they right, yeah. they they are a free swinging team. So it's, it's I just don't quite get how he managed to no hit them and didn't get a single strikeout from a team that's that free swinging. And that's almost that's that's <laughs> you probably couldn't do it again in a hundred starts, right? Like, um, so I you know I would say more dominant, uh, Kyle Bradish, more efficient, Reed Detmer, <laughs> right? Um, <laughs> I think that's correct. <laughs> but I mean, you look at what Freddie Peralta did last night for the Brewers too. I mean, yeah. a, a fantastic outing against Atlanta. Uh, he goes. He goes seven innings. I think he struck out 10 or 11, maybe 12. He had a crazy good outing last night. Uh, I think the Braves only managed two hits all game long yesterday. And the Brewers struck out like 16 guys total. And I think they retired the last 17 Braves that they faced last night. Um, So Freddie Peralta, Devin Williams, and and Josh Hatter uh, really, really pitched well. Against the Braves last night, that that Braves offense needs some iron pills, man. It's extremely anemic right now. So, uh, but, but so we look at we look at the Angels. Houston is starting to uh, catch a little fire. They lost last night. Uh, they really, really have knocked Nathan Evaldi around tonight, though. Uh, 
But that Houston team is really starting to find its stride a little bit and win some games. Now Jake Odorizzi going down last night is, is a big loss for them. He's really settled in and pitched pretty well. Uh, but Houston's starting to find its stride. Um, Oakland is Oakland. Uh, they we, we talked about how they kind of unloaded everybody and, you know, what's left. And we're starting to see not a whole lot. Um, Texas is interesting in that you got a few guys that are really, you know, that show some promise. But man, what a what a tough, tough start to the season by Marcus Simeon. Just got a big contract, and he's really, really scuffling in Texas. And to me, uh, you know, one of the teams that I thought for sure, and they still may. Uh, really crack the code and, and finally break that long playoff drought. But one of the teams that I thought was really going to be in the thick of that race was the Seattle Mariners, and they very much have uh, underperformed so far this year. They just sent Jared Kalinick back out because he struggled. Uh, they're trying to get Kyle Lewis back, Mitch Hanniger's hurt. So uh, they got a ton of outfielders, and now we're starting to understand why they have so many of them. Uh, because you're not getting a lot of them on the field and a lot of them are struggling, but Jesse Winker is starting to come back around. Julio Rodriguez is is uh, starting to sprout a little bit. So we'll kind of see what happens there. I, I feel like we haven't gotten a lot out of Suarez yet, and, and some of those guys have, have yet to get going. But Seattle has been um, one of the more underwhelming uh, teams in the American League for me so far this year. You got any other comments on the AL West? No, I think you nailed it. Uh, I mean, Oakland is just bad. They've uh, what did they have? Five hundred fans in attendance one night earlier the other week. Like it's it's pathetic how ownership is just trying to run them out of that. I mean, ownership wants the new stadium. They're going to do whatever they have to do to get it. I think the feral cat population now outnumbers the fans on any any given night. But yeah, I mean, Seattle Seattle's the big disappointment in this division early on. Texas, I think, would be the biggest surprise. Although L.A., I did not expect the Angels to be this good. I, and I still don't. Like, I mean, you have Otani and Trout, and you know what you're going to get there. And then after that, you're just kind of like, okay. If Rendon can stay healthy, then, then he's yeah. a legitimate Major League star. Right. But, yeah, but we, we've seen more injured seasons than healthy ones out of him. Yeah, but it, maybe maybe the West is worth watching this year, and it's not just going to be Houston walking through it. That would be a good thing. I'd, I'd like to see the Angels, and you know, I really want to see the Mariners get their stuff together and put a little put a little charge in into this through the middle part of the season here. So I want to hit the AL Central, and then we'll kind of uh, we'll hit the two East divisions uh, since our teams sort of reside there um, in the second half of this show. We're with you for, what, about the next 20 minutes or so. Uh, if you look at the AL Central, hey, man, Minnesota has been, really been playing some pretty good ball, even with some injuries, right? Sano's out. Uh, Alex Kirillov has been out for a while. Uh, Trevor Larnick, they brought up a couple kids that have really uh, played pretty well, and they're getting uh, they're getting fairly decent starting pitching. Uh, the Minnesota Twins – right now look like the class of that division. Uh, The White Sox are starting to bounce back and play a little better baseball. Luis Robert 
is uh, hitting the ball pretty well uh, for them. Johnny Cueto, the ageless wonder, uh, comes out last night and spun like six shutout innings for them uh, and pitched pretty well. Uh, but you you look at that team if if Giolito can settle down and they can if they can ever get Lance Lynn back uh, that's that's not a bad rotation it's not as good as probably what they were what they were hoping and I think they're kind of already missing Rodon a little bit but um, that team's going to hit they just got Moncada back as well so I think that the best is yet to come from them Detroit uh, very underwhelming. You talked about what they did, what they did with Baltimore. They actually got some pretty good starting pitching uh, through that series. Baez has kind of struggled a little bit, and Detroit offensively has just not been very good so far early in the year. Uh, Cleveland, man, Stephen Kwan hit the ball well early in the season, but that that offense has been pretty pretty bad as well. Cleveland has has really struggled, and I mean it's to me. Uh, Kansas City, you know, we talked about the rebuild there and them trying to do some good things, but it's a it's a two team race in in that uh, in that division, assuming that the White Sox can turn it on and kind of go on a run. Because if they're not careful with the schedule that Minnesota has coming up, if Chicago plays 500 ball or struggles, they could really really be fighting an uphill battle to get back in that division. Yeah, I don't know what Tony Lewis is doing down there on the south side, but. Since he showed up, the White Sox have had all kind of talent, all kind of expectations, and they've matched it with all kind of injuries. They just get everybody hurt every year, right at the beginning of the year, and can never like, and then ends up biting them in the in the butt at the end. Like Tony, man, maybe we need to skip happy hour next time and just keep you guys healthy and win the baseball games. I right. Frustrates. He frustrates the heck out of me. Good, good on the Twins. They, like you said, they're just kind of going out, taking care of business, playing good baseball. I'm curious. You know, you mentioned how the Mariners have already kind of sent uh, sent their big rookie star back out to AAA clinic, or yeah, clinic to uh, clinic, figure yeah. it back out. Yeah, I'm curious how long the Royals leash is with Bobby Witt Jr. because he has also struggled at the start of this year. Now, yes, he did have – he put together a nice little 11-game hit streak in the middle there, but before that 11-game hit streak, he was hitting only like 154. And even with that 11-game hit streak, his, he's got an OPS plus of 81, which, you know, for for the listeners who aren't familiar with the more advanced metrics – that's on base plus slugging plus on base plus slugging plus. It's a more normalized number to try and figure out where you sit in terms of league average. League average is going to be at 100. So with Bobby Wood Jr. being at 81, they're basically saying he's 19 percent below league, league average, average when it comes to yeah when it comes to on base plus slugging. And then you even look at his uh, even if you look at his wins above replacement number, he's only at a point one, which means he's basically playing replacement level baseball. Now the right. Royals are bad. They're not like the, the you know the Mariners thought that they were going to make a little bit of a run at the AL West this year. The, the Royals that wasn't really their thing, so maybe they have a longer leash with Wit than the Mariners did. But it's just I, I'm curious to see how long they let Wit go before they send him back down. Well, and I. I, I you know, that's a very good question because I don't think you really have 
any like budding stars, you know what I mean, to take his place. They have dropped him in the order, which I think maybe takes some of the pressure off. You know, he was hitting second at the beginning of the year, and so, you know, dropping him down in the order may help some. A lot of times with young guys, you just sort of uh, drop them down there and leave them alone, and who knows, like, maybe the change in position isn't helping either. I'm not sure. Uh, you know, but I, I feel like their leash will probably be a little bit longer. Uh, and and the the other thing I will say about Seattle is I'm not surprised that Julio Rodriguez is doing better than Jared Kalenic, even though he's still kind of trying to figure things out a little bit too. Uh, but you know, I, that that's a very good question about him. How how long do they do they stick with him? We'll see. Uh, and then can Cleveland find anything? All right, so we're going to go east. Do you want to start with the NL or the AL East? Uh, let's go NL East. Go to your home first. All right. So the Nationals are the Nationals. Um, but that being said, don't sleep on them offensively. That team uh, that team can mash a little bit, at least through the middle of that order. Um, Juan Soto is one of the best hitters in baseball. Josh Bell is quietly having a good year. Nelly Cruz is, hasn't gotten hot yet, but uh, you know that's he's a he's definitely a threat in that order. But you know once you kind of get around those three guys, you're okay. Uh, they're not getting a lot of great pitching. That team is is uh, they used to say last in war and la- uh, first in war, last in peace, and last in the uh, I guess what it would be now the National League East. Back in the day, they used to say the American League East when they were referring to the Washington Senators. So that's the last place team. Listen, the Marlins are uh, the Marlins are a tough out. They're a scrappy team. They pitch. They got they got good pitching throughout that rotation with guys like Sandy Alcantara and Pablo Lopez, who had a a filthy good month of um, April. He struggled with his first start out in May, but he Pablo Lopez has been very good. Trevor Rogers looks to be right in the ship a little bit. Um, Jesus Lasardo, listen, that's that's a that's a tough pitching rotation and they are they are grinders, man. Chisholm is settling down and settling into that leadoff spot. Uh they grind out at bats. They may not be a they may not be a team that's gonna contend for a division title, but I think they'll have something to say in the outcome. Um, we talked about early the impressive performance by uh, the Phillies out west in Dodger Stadium, as they had a, a nice series out there. Uh, the Braves, man, they're still trying to find it. Um, Acuna was back getting into a rhythm, had a little bit of a growing strain, is back in the lineup tonight. Um, Ozzy's shown some pop, but he's only hitting about 225 right now. Uh, Matt Olson's kind of been up and down. Austin Riley started hot and has really struggled. Dansby Swanson's starting to come around. Uh, Marcelo Suna minus a home run. He's always kind of been a second-half guy anyway. Um, so still trying to get it figured out. I'm, I'm pretty impressed with what I'm seeing from William Contreras uh, so far early this year. He showed flashes last year, too, and, and very much petered out after the, after a little while. But um, showing some growth out of him, and they're going to need him with Manny Pena going out. That bullpen is still very deep. Uh, Max Freed, after a couple of slow starts, has really kind of – uh, you know, settled down and righted the ship there. Morton is pitching better. Uh, Ian Anderson deserved a better fate with his outing last night. Um, so I think the rotation is starting to 
take a little better shape. We know the bullpen's good. If they can get Mike Soroka back later in the year, uh, they should be all right. But if they're not careful, they're going to play themselves out of that division race uh, sooner rather than later. This team uh, lost pretty much every series it played until they were able to take a series from Milwaukee last weekend. They got a split with the Red Sox during the week, and then they lost uh, two out of three to the Padres, losing uh, all three of those games that were very entertaining games to watch. Uh, they gave up four runs in the 11th inning of the last game to lose, 7-3. to three. Um, So this team has has won only one or two series so far in the first month plus of the year, and so eventually you're going to have to pay the piper. The only way that this team is going to really get back in the division race is to go on a, a run, like a run like what we've seen out of Houston, a run like what we've seen out of the Yankees or a few other teams this year. They're going to have to reel off, you know, 13 out of 15 or something crazy and have the Mets sort of struggle a little bit at the same time. Everybody has some ups and downs. It's just can you can you somehow find a way for your up to be when another team's going through its downstretch, right? Like um, the Mets have played have have played really really good baseball. Jeff McNeil sort of settled in, um, been left alone, and and he's doing well. Uh, Lindor's Lindor's well. Brandon Nimmo has been very good. Mark Kane has been underrated. That Mets team, um, they're getting good pitching too. Uh, we talked about them really having a good roster from top to bottom and really making some improvements with that roster. And and they're looking they're looking very very good. Those are my thoughts right now on the National League East. What do you got, Nate? Just. Quickly, I, I remember, I'm going to give a little allegory and a throwback here. Around the All-Star break last year when we were doing the show, I looked at the NL Central, and I saw the Cardinals were, what were they, like five or six games under 500. And they were buried. They were sitting down around like, they were definitely third. They might have been fourth in the division. And I remember telling Dave, the Cardinals are going to make the playoffs, and the Cardinals might even win this, the Central. That's how I feel about the Braves this year. Yeah, they're off to a slow, rough start here through the first quarter or so of the season. I'm not worried about them. We know what their offense like. We know what their offense is and what it can be. And even though they're hitting, they're not much of an offense right now. They're going to come around, even without Freddie Freeman. They're going to be fine. The Braves are going to find their way right back into the into this division, and the Mets. I, I got to say, I'll believe it when I see it. Un- until they get a whole way through their season, I'm not going to believe that they can actually hold it off because they were running away with the NL, NL East last year too. And then pretty sure they finished under 500, didn't they? I need to check that. But they, I, I can't, I cannot buy, I, I cannot buy the Mets. I, I won't do it until they actually make it happen. So if I'm a, if I'm a Braves fan, like if I'm you and I'm a Braves fan, um, perfectly okay. Just let let the let the rest of the division sleep on them. Um, well, I hope you're right. I I want to see this team get going for sure. Um, and and I do think that, you know, I think that we're going to see the weather is starting to warm up out east. I think we're finally through the cold snaps, and I think we're going to see that. So um, as promised in our last like I don't know five or six minutes that we have here on Sports City Chefs, uh, on the Baseball Buffet. Let's uh, hit the American League 
East, and I'm going to start really quick with the Yankees. Obviously, uh, 26 and nine or something sick right now. Um, I told Dave on a show that we did right before the season. He kept going on about how they didn't do anything in the off season. I'm like, this is a good team. They're going to be good. I don't. I didn't expect this out of them so far this year, but they're playing their way into having at least a bit of a buffer in that division. This team's playing really well. They're hitting the ball, and they're getting very good starting pitching. Nestor Cortez, Luis Severino, um, Garrett Cole seems to have bounced back and is pitching well. So um, I don't I don't know how you can really say anything other than wow and, and be impressed with what the Yankees have done so far this year. Yeah, they're, I, I hate to admit it, but they are playing really well. It, it helps the Yankees that the Red Sox are doing what I expected the Red Sox to do last year, but decided they weren't going to do it. And the Red Sox are just bad. They can't hit. They can't hit the start of the year. They cannot pitch, which I think everybody kind of circled on their roster of that was where they were going to be in trouble is where they're going to be able to pitch at all. And apparently the answer is no, they can't. So you have the Red Sox battling the Orioles for last place in the division. The Blue Jays are just kind of, uh, they're they're doing well. I mean, they're they're twenty and seventeen. They're seven games behind the Yankees, but that's because the Yankees just refuse after after losing the series in Baltimore. The Yankees have just absolutely refused to lose any baseball games since then. Tampa, another team, they're doing all right. Twenty two and fifteen. They're coming into Baltimore over the weekend, so you can probably write them up for three more wins there because apparently the Orioles just cannot beat Tampa. It's the Yankees have a nice little cushion on themselves there because nobody else between Tampa, Toronto, and Bo- between Tampa and Toronto really has seized the moment, or at least they haven't hit their run yet. Feels like the Yankees hit their they hit their July run in May, so it'll be a question of whether or not this actually is sustainable. They do have a lot of big bats. They're currently in a fight with the Orioles. It's five three in the top of the eighth, so. You know, you assume Chapman's going to come in and shut that down for them, but who knows? Maybe the Orioles surprise tonight, and we and the Orioles can get off the schneid after losing four straight. But so, yeah, it, it's annoying that the Yankees are doing Yankee things with the AL East right now. But that's just yeah, an Orioles fans' perspective. They 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 really are. Boston struggle. Trevor's story looks like he's starting to come around a little bit. Um, but Boston's got to get that bullpen figured out if they're going to do anything. Uh, Tampa is kind of underwhelming, which is kind of what I expected so far of them, but we'll see um, if they can hit their stride and what they can do. Uh, The Reds did beat the Guardians tonight, and really quickly a couple injury updates. Brandon Nimmo and J.P. Crawford. I don't know the extent of the injuries yet, but they've both been – their statuses have changed from healthy to day-to-day uh, for both of those those men, the shortstop in Seattle and the leadoff hitter and the sort of igniter uh, for that often. 